Welcome everyone to the Artholics podcast on Sunday night. Um, maybe a more deflated p- podcast than you're used to this season. Um, my word, uh, I certainly feel incredibly deflated. We've just uh, played West Ham at West Ham. And for the second week in a row, we've gone 2-0 up and thrown it away. 2-2 uh, it finished. To, um, you know, to really get through this therapy with me, I've got my two... Um, my, I mean, I was going to say kind of brothers in pain today, um, Aaron and Mize. And Mize was one of the lucky ones who's been able to actually be at the game today. He was physically there in the away end. So he can give us our, his perspectives from that um, because obviously, you know, there are things that looked um, very good at the beginning on TV and things that looked very bad for about 60 minutes. It'd be great to hear, Mize, you know, what, what your thoughts were on that. But guys, both of you, how do you feel post two points dropped well look at that i'll go first i guess um i i think my main conclusion is if i'm i'm hoping this is a one-off i see people and I know you're going to say, like, it's not one-off because it literally happened last week. <laughs> <laughs> but, you don't need a host. Yeah. Just do it yourself. <laughs> but as in, I think we, like, well, to be fair, a lot of people last week brushed last week off because it was Anfield, because of all that. And I was actually quite annoyed. And because of what happened, because of, you know, when you go tune up in a game, regardless of where it is, I think you should do better. Um, you but, were very annoyed. I, I remember that you said a very. I, I thought I thought of you towards the end of the game because you were like, "If this happens again, I don't want to hear any of this." Like it was Anfield. It was like nonsense. Yeah, it was none of that. It was, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was the Olympic Stadium. We can't do yeah. you know. it. Yeah, and that, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, but I think these things happen. These like episodes in a season happen, and it hasn't really happened. Like we haven't had a like a banter moment this season yet. Um, I'm kind of hoping that this is it. It's done. Let's just move on. Um, that's my reaction like five, six hours after the game. Obviously, during the game, I was like, you absolute idiots. What are you doing? But if we can isolate this and move on, we're still in a title race. We're in a great position. And regardless of where we where we finish, because I've said it all along, I didn't think we'd win it. But regardless of where we where we finish i just want us to have a a proper go i want city to have to work hard yeah to win it um and i don't want us to just hand it to them with a bit of a whimper so i'm hoping this is a a one-off like issue i'm hoping we can look past it but look the the way we played today was was not good like especially i just felt like we got complacent we went two new up we did the hard work then we took our foot off the pedal and we let we let a team back in and then we were just shocked i think that we were we lost this game because of well because of a number of reasons but i think the narrative and the fear of the narrative really weighed down on us and we were talking just after the game raj and you know i think you said it was the first time you can say we lost because of mentality and i probably agree with you yeah, uh, yeah, I did, and I said on Twitter, it's the first time this season that I think the players have truly let themselves down. This is the first time, and you know, hearing you say before about you know actually trying to take it in isolation and maybe just take it away as that banter kind of performance. Actually, you know, in, in fairness, it does make sense. I suppose it's just really hard when it's in the middle of a, an unexpected title race. But Myers, it'd be great to get your feelings, but maybe we could do it chronologically a little bit because I'd love to know your, you know your your perspective on how it was at the ground before kickoff what was the vibe with the arsenal fans there post anfield you know it's been a week um you know what how was everyone feeling and 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 if you could then contrast it with afterwards um and and you know i'm not leading the witness there i'm I'm interested to see if the fans in the stadium were perhaps as um disheartened as some of us watching on tv uh yeah i i mean it was as good of an away day in terms of pre-match as you'd expect. I don't think there was any hangover from what happened at Anfield. But you had um, a hangover though, didn't you? You personally had a hangover. Well, I didn't actually have a hangover. <laughs> I was just extremely tired. Yeah, I was out drinking until <laughs> right, very late. But um, yeah, 
uh, very, very late and uh, didn't get much sleep. So, yeah, I didn't really have a pre-match kind of a no pre-match session this time. Um, pretty much just got got to uh, Stratford and then straight to the ground. Um, and yeah, it was it was really long to get in. I was, I was messaging you guys. There's like I had to go through two compared to the Emirates where <laughs> you get to the turnstile and a guy just like barely pats you down or runs a probably a fake metal detector over you and you get let in like there was two two checks one as you're approaching the stadium and the queue was like 15 minutes for that then as we're going into the stadium another check which was another 10 minutes so it just took ages to get in it was really long but um yeah so i didn't really like in terms of pre-match and stuff like um i didn't really like absorb it if you know what i mean like it was pretty much got in with about 20 minutes to go and sort of straight we had one quick beer and straight to our seats so um but I mean, look, it was very, you know, as always, the atmosphere, the crowd, well, our fans anyway, were, were, were fantastic as always, um, uh, as they are for away games. But it was very easy. You know, it was very easy when you go 2-0 up, like it, everyone was giddy. Everyone was loving it, right? Songs, all the songs were coming out. And um, the, the, the from, from a West Ham perspective, London Stadium was silent. It was absolutely silent after we went 2-0 up. And, and they were booing. Was, we, I heard they were booing. Like, uh, well, they, it sounded like on TV after, yeah, two 0 up. Sounded like that there was there was a passage of play where they they were booing the team. Wow, yeah. So I mean, yeah, I didn't I didn't really um, hear that, but yeah, we were buoyant. We were buoyant, and you know, at two 0 up, I went with my cousin Jarnigan, who's just literally commented, and the comments come up on the screen. But um, we were we were talking about like oh you know when we get when we get our fourth and fifth yeah now's the test of time to bring on you know bring on like rest everyone basically after 60 minutes and stuff like we were getting that carried away because it just not a single part of me thought even what after what happened last week that we would let that let it slip basically would let a two gold lead slip when you're tuning up after 10 minutes you're you yeah you do start i, was, I basically said to john again yeah we need to um get a few more and get the goal difference back you probably and, and, didn't didn't see this stat as well, so I interrupt you. But but in the first, I think it was the first ten, and I think fifteen minutes. I think it was fifty in the first fifteen minutes. West Ham averaged two touches per minute. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Like they were they hard like yeah. genuinely hardly touchable. Yeah. Um. And that's how it felt. That's how it felt in the ground. You know, we were yeah. Everyone was loving it. Um. And it just felt like we we just turned up and we were going to do the job that we needed to do. And we just basically almost done it. And it was, but there was like, there's always that kind of shadow of you need the third to kill the game. You need the third to kill the game. And I think a third today would have killed the game. And at 3-1, if we obviously scored the penalty, if Saka scores a penalty, that probably kills the game. And we just, yeah, I mean, just really frustrating because we allowed them back in. And like, I think from, a, again, from just being there, there was a lot of frustration today. There was probably the same as what you guys experienced. Like there was a lot of a quite, a quite surprising Lexi. Actually, a lot of people were pretty resigned after about sort of 80 minutes, because I think it goes to uh two, two and we still had a lot of time to go and win the game. But I think after about, I don't know, like 15, 20 minutes of, having a lot of the ball but not really doing much with it and not really creating anything and still looking quite vulnerable on the break to West Ham's counter um it felt like yeah I think I think a lot of people around us sort of just were accepted that it was probably just going to be a draw and or basically even despite the fact that we've obviously picked up quite a few late winners this season I didn't see many people holding out much hope that we were going to do it again. I was pretty hopeful. I thought it was going to come like another last minute winner from who God knows who God knows where. Um, obviously it didn't, but yeah. And I think, I think, yeah, I think, I mean, look, I think it was a lot, yeah, a lot of frustration, um, disappointment, obviously. I don't think there was any, there was no kind of, what's the word? No bad feeling. You know, I don't think anyone's overreacting. No, no one was overreacting and sort of uh, saying, well, you know, that's it it's done in terms of the title but just yeah just a massive feeling of like you can't you know like we said it before the game when we did our preview you you have to win this sort of game and we put ourselves in such a good position to do it as well um just really really more than anything i think the overriding feeling was just frustration and disappointment that we just yeah didn't didn't get the third and like i said probably kills the game off what um question for you guys which which bit was worse like the fact that we let a two goal lead slip 
or the fact that when, like you said, when we got it back to two two, we basically did nothing for what seemed like what about twenty five minutes, which 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 is the more concerning part. It's a really good question. I was I was I was getting ready to say letting a two goal lead slip, but then when I thought about the second option, I think they're both both really terrible things. Actually, I mean, I, I suppose. I, to give an answer, I'd probably say letting two goals slip because it's the second time it's happened in in a week, and this was to a really bad team. Again, I, I know I sort of mentioned it, but the home fans are booing them. They're two 0 down at home. The, their fans are booing them. It's bad. It's toxic. You know, they they didn't they didn't look like they had a clue what to do. Um, so so I know Liverpool arguably didn't look like they had a clue when you know we went two 0 up against them, but. It's Liverpool, it's Anfield, and they actually are fundamentally a team with good DNA, right? Like, they, yeah, Liverpool was also in what eighty sixth minute, right? So it wasn't like, yeah, well, exactly, well, uh, well, yeah, well, it, well, exactly. But you know, even them coming back into the game, it's they've got quality, quality players, and yes, you could argue that West Ham's league position is artificial in some ways, but um, I think, man, like being two 0 up, and like my said, in a position where from the week before you probably think. If there's one thing we wouldn't be, it would have been complacent at 2-0 up. It's so fresh. It's fresh losing a 2-0 lead, right? So you thought that, you know, they, they would just go for it. But but there's no excuse this time in that respect because there was not an incident that Xhaka did that we can all point to that and say he got the crowd riled up and blah, blah, blah. But none of that happened. It was just a... It was just a, a, no, was a just really a penalty, strange thing. Yeah, yeah but, but it was interesting, isn't it? Because Gabriel, I don't know if you saw mine, but Gabriel Jesus said it in his interview post-match and they sort of sort of said, oh, you know, the penalty, did the penalty sort of change everything? And he basically said, it was actually like five, 10 minutes before that, that we start, started playing badly. So he said it wasn't like the penalty five, 10 minutes before, before that. And he you know basically just talked about, you know, just do, not doing the things, the basic things that they are, I, I used a better phrase, but effectively not doing what they are authentically good at doing. They just sort of stopped doing. But I mean, I maybe go back to you to answer what, what what's your response to Aaron's question do you agree is that is it the letting the two goal lead the worst bit or is it the not getting back into the game I think I mean it's hard to pick between the two to be honest one of the other most disappointing things I'm going to add a third option is just not getting the third goal which is obviously linked to kind of letting them back in at 2-0 but just not getting the third and why is that why has that happened two games in a row but especially today when yeah so we're so much stronger than than West Ham um, obviously how are we, you know, we, we've done so well to get ourselves in that position. And that for me is the most frustrating thing is just go and kill the game, go and do what City do, basically go and get the third and put them, put it out of sight. And then you can start thinking about, yeah, making the subs, resting players, whatever, trying to get, an, trying to get a couple more to just improve the goal difference. But that, that is probably the most frustrating thing for me because I, I, I'm, I, I don't really, I just don't get it. I don't understand when you're on top like that, and you're able to tear a team apart the way we did to score the goals that we scored. I know that we didn't create loads of chances today, but the two goals we scored, we basically took them apart, right? We the, the play, the interplay, and the kind of the movement. Every like West Ham couldn't cope with it. So it was, it was well class, yeah, yeah. It was, it was two quality goals. So if you're able to do that, and it, then you, sh- I don't know if it's an Arteta thing where he's, you know, that it's coming from the touchline where he's advising them to to almost. I, I can't imagine it is, but you know, maybe to to kind of sit on that lead for a bit and, and almost like, you know, keep it solid. I, I really don't know. Or if it's a player mentality thing where they're like, okay, 2-0, this is good. Let's let's chill for a bit. I, I really don't know what the reason is. But yeah, that that is really disappointing for me because that they should have learned that from what happened at Anfield. And they should know, they, w- they would have known today is, yeah, obviously, like I say, just a, a much better team than West Ham. Um, and we would have been able to, uh, yeah, we could, would have been able to finish that game off in the first half quite quite straightforward, I think it would have been. I can't, uh, I, I don't think West Ham would have come back from three goals down. So that's probably the most disappointing thing for me, to be honest. Uh, Aaron, and, you know, we talked a lot before kickoff about uh, the lineup and we talked about Zinchenko being out of the team, um, which was unexpected. Obviously, that that wasn't something that we've had a few days to sort of mull our thoughts over. Just found out kind of before kickoff that he wasn't even going to be in the squad. And then, you know, we were talking about whether Tierney coming in, would that, would that mean the system changes, etc. Uh, now, obviously, look on paper, 
it's one of the positions where if we get an injury, it's okay. Like because Kieran Tierney was one of our best players last season. It's really solid left back. I think any gets in any Premier League squad um, starts for most teams. Um, good player. Uh, so uh, what, what what was your take on how that panned out? Do you think that that had an effect on the game and, and how anything panned out afterwards? Yeah, I mean, it's easy to say with hindsight, but I did say I was massively worried because the if you look at like our players in terms of who who are the players that you really need to make this system work? I'd say number one is probably Thomas Partey. I'd say maybe number two is maybe Ramsdale. And then number three, I'd say it's probably Zinchenko. And then it's probably Saliba after that, Saliba and Gabriel after that, because they're so unique in their ability to bring what they bring. Um, and, you know, like you said, you take out one left back and you bring in another left back. Tierney's great, but he, he can't do what Zinchenko does. It's just, it's a, it's basically a different position, different quality. And, you know, he gave it a good go today, but he really, really struggled uh, in some points. I think, you know, he gave the ball away a lot. He, he struggled to kind of know where to be. You know, he's just not that type of player. He's still a very good player, but he's just not that type of player. And when you lose, you know, him, then you've got Thomas Partey not having a great game. You've got the loss of Saliba. You've got a few other players around him not really playing well. It leaves a lot for like one one or two players to do. And then the downside of that is then you then lose control of the game. You lose control of the ability to build out from the back. You lose what makes our system work. And then you've got, you know, our system is basically let the defenders take risks and, you know, expose your defenders somewhat in the knowledge that they can then play out from the back and get the ball high up the pitch. But when they're not doing that, all you've got is expose your defenders. <laughs> and the defenders that you're exposing then are also like guys that like holding Tierney and then Gabriel and Ben White. And the, I think the system kind of just crumbled a bit in that sense. And then, you know, all West Ham were doing were just going long, deep, and then just hoping that we couldn't deal with those long balls and then put us under pressure in that sense. And we couldn't really figure out how to transition. So, yeah, I think Zinchenko was a, a big loss. But look, he was there last week. Um, and the same kind of psychological you know, mentality breakdown happened last week as well. So it's not just him. It's I just think with this team, everyone needs to be on it for it to work and you take one or two players out we we really do struggle quite a bit sometimes my did you, i often think when you're there live defensive organization and defensive confidence is something that i think you can appreciate more when you're there live than you are on tv and partly i think that's because you know when, when you're watching live a lot of the time the focus is on where the ball is but i think when you're in the stadium sometimes you know you pay attention a little bit to how people are structuring defensively how they are kind of you know communicating with one another um i i certainly feel that you know when where where we sit in the north bank i, I feel like i can notice that a lot I'm intrigued to get to, to know your thoughts on that, but partly what Aaron and was sort of talking about in terms of Tierney and how he did, but also this is Rob Holding again um, in in this starting role where against Liverpool, it was quite hard to sort of really say, ah, oh, you know, was it, um, did we suffer because Holding was there? Because in, in, at the end of the day, it was Liverpool. Pretty much everyone sort of seemed to crumble a little bit. Um what did you feel about from this game when you were watching? Did it seem like Tierney and Holding or any one of them, even individually, caused any kind of disruption to our confidence, our patterns, our kind of, I don't know, like relationships? What What did you feel? I mean, on Tierney, I... I mean, like, I pretty much agree with everything Aaron has said. He's, he's, not a, he's not a Zinchenko... He can't do what Zinchenko does, and especially on the ball. Um, Zinchenko is fantastic. And we obviously missed that today, but I think he, I, I think he, in terms of playing that midfield role, he did a fairly good job. Um, and I think defensively he was really good as well. I think there was one, um, one breakaway that 
Uh, I haven't seen any of the highlights, by the way, so I've not seen it. There was a tackle on Bowen. I don't know if you're referring to that. It was like a There was a block shot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And anyway, in general, I thought he, because Tierney's game is up and down that left-hand side, right? Um, And he, I think he did that as well as having to try and play that midfield role. So I think he was trying to play his natural game and also trying to adapt to the system. And, to be fair to him, I think he had a decent game, but yeah, you, 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 it doesn't mean that you know if it once Zinchenko's back, his his place is at risk. Zinchenko is still first choice, um, so I don't necessarily think that was too much of an issue, really. Um, Rob Holding, yeah, I mean he didn't have the best of games. There were a few really hairy moments. I think there was one in the first half where he gets. He gives away a free kick on the edge of the box, but I think he gets mm. done like twice for pace. Or I can't remember. I could, I'll be honest, I can't exactly remember it yeah, like exactly. But like I don't know. It was. It felt like one of those Rob Holding games where he was just a bit. There was like just a quite a few dodgy moments. There was another one in the second half when Ben Rama, like he he does quite well for the first one. I think he wins the ball or gets a block in. And then the ball's going out towards the touchline, and Ben Rama just like him. Ben Rama so, goes yeah. shoulder to shoulder, and he just gets like bossed off the board I'm thinking that is you know if you're like of all the things you should not not be that should not be happening if you're Rob Holding that's one of them right you should not be losing a duel like that so um and I think with I think you it's very obvious it's a very obvious thing to say I guess but you know Rob Holding in our build-up play it's just so 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 much slower um and I don't know if you guys saw this or noticed this or maybe it was just yeah maybe something I was looking out for but do you guys think that when we had the ball at the back, when Ramsdale had the ball, and obviously we're trying to build out from the back, do you think, like, I think Rob Holding had a lot of touches today, but it also felt like our other defenders and Ramsdale and probably Partey as well, weren't that confident in giving him the ball. And I think it felt quite apparent today hmm. compared to previously when he's been in the team. I don't know if you guys noticed that or if that's just me, but. Um, I Yeah, I, was gonna, I, I kind of agree. I don't think, I think it's more than just not giving him the ball or like, I think they compensate and they have to adapt to Rob Holding being on the pitch. And yeah, like the the bit I was going to point out was yeah, they didn't really point this out in the highlights or in on the commentary. But during the build up to the to the West Ham penalty, there's a moment where I think Antonio gets in behind on Rob Holding's side, and what actually happens is Gabriel goes over and deals with Antonio brilliantly. Um, but then he's then on playing right centre-back and Rob Holding's left centre-back. And I was going to say, actually, oh, that's pretty cool that they can just swap positions like that. And actually, Gabriel can just go to where Antonio is. But then literally five seconds later, that ball's put back in because Partey loses it. And Declan Rice, I think, puts the ball in. And then Gabriel's the one. They're in the wrong, they're on the wrong side. So Gabriel's on the left. Well, Gabriel's playing right centre back effectively, and Rob Holding's playing left, and it's that kind of stuff, right? If that was Saliba, I think I don't think Gabriel's going over there to deal with Antonio. He's probably just saying like um, Saliba, you you deal with this, um, and and just generally, I think we when when Holding's on the side, I think he's yeah, we play quite deep as well. We play a lot deeper. The build up play is different. So yeah, I think it's very hard to say like Rob Holding's you know, it, like affecting the play because there's a lot of things that are probably not happening and you just can't see it. But then you put a better defender in, it looks a lot better in that sense. That's a good point. Yeah, you, it, feel, it feels sometimes really harsh in some ways as well, right? Because when we're talking about Rob Holding in this manner, like, and I think we should probably contextualise it, you know, he's our, he's our fourth choice centre-back. So... Apart from Man City, you take any squad in the Premier League and their fourth choice centre-back is going to be remarkably different from their first or even, you know, first two choice centre-backs. Like it's, so that is, that's worth bearing context. It's very hard to have a fourth choice centre-half who's going to be able to be top of the Premier League quality, (laughs) you know, it's very difficult. And, um, and on that basis, it, you have to expect, I suppose, the team to compensate when stuff like this happens. You, you, you expect them to. But it's just, it, it's sort of getting to the point a little bit where you wonder, is it affecting, it, it might be an excuse, it shouldn't be an excuse, but is it affecting everyone's confidence to have a centre-back that they just feel is not um, someone that they can be confident around at a time where it feels like mentality is a little bit fragile? Mice, would you consider, I mean, 
would you consider a change next game? Let's say Saliba's still not fit. Does um, does Rob Holding still start for you in the next game? I mean, what are our other options? Our other options are playing Ben White at centre-half and then someone else at right-back, maybe Tierney at right-back, maybe Rule Walters at right-back. Um, I don't know. Do you think there are any other options that might be worth exploring? Or do you think the rest of the team just need to sort of sort themselves out a little bit and say, all right, well, look, he's not William Saliba. And yeah, we have to adapt and we just got to do it. I think it's, I think at this stage of the season to change it up that dramatically, where you're going to have to change your right back and your center back. I just can't, I can't, I mean, would I do it? No, because I think it's too, I think it's changing too much. And you add into that, you don't necessarily know, necessarily know if Zinchenko is going to be fit either. So you're kind of now basically bringing in a makeshift defense. Um, there is Kibior as well. Right? Kibior. I mean, when yeah. when I know you messaged uh, in the group chat earlier, I, I haven't, again, I haven't really caught up on it properly, but one of the messages that stood out was surely Rob Holding doesn't start the next game, something like that. Mm-hmm. So obviously you felt quite strongly after the game about his performance, Raj. Um, yeah. But I don't know. I, because when you, when when you said that, my initial thought was okay. That probably means that Kivior comes in, but then if Saliba's not back for the Man City game, like what what your basic? It's just such a it's such a it's an experiment, isn't it? It's just a unknown test, basically, or not a test, but it's just an unknown. And I think it's too much of a risk to bring in someone who's relatively inexperienced, zero Premier League experience, and potentially put him up against. Because I, I guess you're not going to change it up for Southampton unless you're looking at it for you know, this is what I want to do for the running and City's the game after that. Do you, you know, I I, I can't see him making yeah. such a big call. So for me, no, assuming Saliba's still not fit, it's going to, yeah, I think it'll be Rob Holding. I mean, Southampton at home, if you can't play, if you can't kind of get away with Rob Holding at, um, uh, at centre-back and you're playing Southampton at home, then there's, there's a bigger question a bigger worry really um we should we should be able to get through that i say get through that game we should be able to beat them comfortably with him but i guess we said said the same about west ham pre-west ham so um not really mate and i think yeah like the tomiyasu injury i know that obviously saliba's really cost us or is costing us at the moment um but the tomiyasu one i guess if you said to me tomiyasu's fit bring Ben White in and at centre-back instead of holding and play Tommy Asi, like that's obviously a much more natural mm, kind of change. Mm-hmm, so, mm-hmm. and, and you feel it just feels less disrupt- disruptive. So I wouldn't, I wouldn't be unhappy with that, but I think, no, I, I don't think we've got the options to to do it at the moment. Unfortunately, I think we've just got too many injuries on that right-hand side, centre-back and right-back and yeah, it would just be too disruptive. Yeah. I think, you know, to a certain extent, my comments were probably emotional at the time. I, I mean, that being said, Aaron, and do you think that, Southampton, arguably, if we're going to try anything different, um, then this is probably last chance saloon on on Friday. But would yeah. you? Uh, so, what, how do you feel about it? I was thinking that as you were speaking, Mize, which was like, it depends, right? Which is if Saliba really is out for a while, then you probably say, well, actually, try something different against Southampton. Um, but honestly, I think if there was something, Arteta would have tried it by now. I think this is the best. He is the best option. Right? And he is, he's not great. Um, but unfortunately, there's everything else is, in my opinion, far, far worse. You know, we could talk about playing Partey at right back or something like that. I saw someone mention, which is awful, playing like who that kid at right back. But that's madness, bringing in a, yeah, a complete unknown um, there. Then, yeah, I don't know what you do. Maybe play Xhaka at centre back. Like it's but every it, single it, option it, is bad, basically. But is, is obviously is, is at least worse. Sorry to interrupt, but is that? I mean, it feels like we are therefore really confident that playing uh, Kibu or a left-footed centre back is is like is just not is not a decent idea at all. Um, are, are we saying that based on on? on our knowledge of Kirio or are we saying that? I've never seen him play. Don't I don't know. Um, probably. Um, maybe, maybe that's the only option that makes a little bit of sense. Like, could we play someone else there or even put Gabriel there and then put Kirio in his best position on the left? Um, I, yeah, I, I'll to someone watching Kirio in training. Um, I don't know, but that could work. Put it this way. If Holding gets injured, <laughs> um 
then like the question is then what do you do then i think you play kibio at center back right there's because there's literally no other option but i think look holding is not good but he's fourth choice center back and what can you expect i think we've just got to roll with this but i just keep going back to that europa league game where we lost tomiyasu we lost saliba and i'm just like oh, what awful awful luck yeah it is it is um just move, moving forward from the defensive situation because at the end of the day you could probably argue that um fine we've conceded twice today and and one was a penalty and that was yeah fairly kind of r- r- random in the build up there was debate over whether it was a handball or not you know going forward we probably should have done a lot better than we did today uh there was like you, you mentioned Mize, there was just like that big chunk of period where we didn't really do anything after two all although we had possession um the, the substitutions were were interesting but just to to talk about individuals for a second again was there anyone being there live was there anyone that disappointed you or or you know it doesn't have to be one person necessarily were you um was there a, a, any one or two people that you felt were culpable slightly for our lack of tooth if you like in in, in that period i would i mean look i think I'll, i'm going to answer your question slightly differently on a more general basis just in terms of performance i was really disappointed with thomas Partey today I obviously he made the mistake for the first goal but something happened something was wrong today i don't know what it was obviously i don't know what it was but something was very just not right with him today even i think from the first minute in the first minute he gets pressed i think it's by declan rice I think it's literally 10, 20 seconds in. He gets pressed hard and um he loses the ball or he gives the gives the ball away, something happens. Basically, he, he gets pressed and and he he can't he, I don't know. I think he tries to make a pass and it just gets blocked. And that seemed to be a little bit of the theme for a lot of the game. I know he put the ball out wide for Saka for the first or for the second goal. I think he kind of starts the move a little bit. Um and yeah, he was okay, but at the same time, I felt like we it was there were signs of. Do you remember like the Thomas Partey we've seen in previous seasons where there's he's had those random odd games where he just mm. does some weird passes, like it's like a ten yard sideways pass, and he just passes it straight to the opposition. He was he seemed to be doing that a few times there. Maybe again, maybe it's just because he did it a couple of times, and I picked up on it and noticed it. And maybe it wasn't as bad as what I'm making out to be, but. Um, yeah, I just didn't feel like he was at his best today at all. And I think that really affected us. And like I said, the mistake to the goal, like I guess nine times out of 10, maybe that's being a bit generous, but you know, Thomas party tries that little kind of flick and he pulls it off. Um, but I guess when you're, like I said, Declan Rice, you know, obviously a player that we're looking at, that's what he's really good at, right? Like he, 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 that's probably one of the reasons why we're looking at him and he f- would probably fit into our system. So, well, he basically done a Thomas party on Thomas party where he's just, he's pressed him, been gone really, really tight and won the ball, ball back. And the other thing that really annoyed me about that goal was um, he just stops. Thomas party stops. And I think, does he appeal for a handball? He doesn't even like, he just, he's not playing to the whistle. I'm like, what are you doing? Like they're 25 yards from goal. This is not like high up the pitch where we've got loads of time to recover. He's in like, we've lost the ball and he's in and he's just stopped and he's, I think he's put his hand up or he's appealing for whatever he's appealing for a foul or a handball. And like, yeah, that's really, it's really, really disappointing that. Yeah. And then, and obviously that leads to Gabriel making the mistake and, and, and them getting the penalty. So he's one that I'd probably single out. Um, But again, it's hard to single out players, any of these players when they've done what they've done so far this season. But, and I think also in that last 30 minutes or whatever it was when we need to get a goal, um, like you guys, I don't know. Again, I haven't read the group chat properly. I feel like you guys were really disappointed in the Saka. Uh, yeah, as in Saka, I'm sorry, not Xhaka, Saka. But I'm, I don't know. I didn't think he had the worst game and obviously missed the penalty, but it felt like he wasn't, yeah, okay. He wasn't at the level he's been for us this season. Like it felt like a bit of an off game, but I don't know. I, I, f- I feel like every time he picked up the ball, he still looked really bubbly. He still looked like he was obviously trying to make something happen. And he still looked like he was going to, he, he potentially could have been quite dangerous in the sense that, yeah, like I've, I, I think that, yeah, he was always trying to make something happen and it just didn't happen today. But I don't, like, I don't know. It felt like you guys were, it's like especially highlighting him as someone who was just not very good today. 
Do, Maybe I, I, I misread it, but yeah. Yeah, no, no. It, I, I could imagine what, why it perhaps did come across that way. I didn't actually think that he was that bad. Um, it was more a case where when we were we were collectively not really doing much at all, right? But I think Martinelli and Jesus were probably our two best attacking players yet like today and Martinelli was brilliant last game as well and Jesus was brilliant last game as well and so I think that partly I was feeling that a change needed to be made and I felt that it shouldn't have been one of those two players to go off now Gabriel Jesus you could say um you know this is part of his injury rehab he's not played more than 65 minutes since he's come back so fine which is really disappointing, though, because you know I think he was so he was still so good today, and I really felt like we could have kept we could have done with him being on the pitch. But it felt that with with Saka actually with the penalty miss that look come on that happens, and Salah missed last week, and you know Saka has been brilliant for us on penalties. To be honest, he's going to miss one sooner or later. Whatever it is, what it is, yeah. um, I was actually just more disappointed with him after the penalty because it it felt like it he was trying to compensate for it a little bit. And there were a couple of times where I felt that he made a bad decision because he was almost really desperate to make up for it. And, um, and so it wasn't necessarily that I was angry. It's like, it was more that I thought, well, look, I think this is a game where if you're going to make a change, take him off, take, you know, take him off, put Trossard on instead of him. That's how I felt at the time. Just, just on Saka, quite interesting. Cause obviously like you saw it misses the penalty and he's, he's obviously massively disappointed, but then I was watching him, immediately after that and he i think it really affected him after it happened and, and that's quite interesting because he's generally someone who you'd say has got a very very strong mentality like i was basically expecting him to go yeah okay fine i missed a penalty but i'm gonna go and win the game i'm gonna go and win us the game um but i don't know I, I yeah i just saw his head drop a little bit and it felt like it was just playing i mean obviously i'm i was in the upper tier i couldn't like see it that close but just from what i could see it just seemed like yeah it was it was bothering him. It was just with him, which is natural. It's going to happen. Um, and maybe he realized how big, because obviously they went and scored literally within what a couple of minutes after that. And I think at that point he probably realized, ah, oh, shit, missed a great opportunity to just like finish the game here. So yeah, no, fair enough. Yeah. Sorry to interrupt. No, no, that's fine. I mean, Aaron, just, what, any additional thoughts on that? Uh, yeah, I think, I don't think Saka had a very good game. I thought he, I think it's the way you put it, Raj, which was, it's not that he was awful. It was more that if you're looking at that front three, who he was probably the worst out of the front three, front four. And actually he was the one that stayed on the pitch for the longest, which didn't really make sense. I, I get your point, Mice, because I think the way Arteta probably looks at it is like this kid is a bit of a, like has a super strong mentality, has the ability to make something happen from nothing probably why and the fact that we don't really have anyone else who can do what he can do on the right is probably why he stayed on but I think there are times where you just think like look Saka's not having a good game I'm just gonna get him off and I think that's what Arteta needed to do but then I think I was more like disappointed with Partey because like you said Myers he 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 was great for 20 minutes and then he just stopped playing Um, and I don't know why or what happened, maybe it was a yellow card, if he, you know, and Arteta took him off, which says a lot because you you don't take Thomas Partey off when you, unless the game is won, right? But yeah, because you, you really, you know, for as much as you, you know, you're saying that you acknowledge that he was playing badly, you really didn't like the fact that he was subbed off. Because, we, no, because back to what I said earlier, right, there's like three or four players that we, who are absolutely crucial to this system working, and he's number one. Right. Jorginho is I'm not a big Jorginho fan, but he he brings a bit more control. And that's probably what Arteta wanted because Partey was playing badly. But when you bring on that control, you lose a lot of that risk taking the ability to win you the game, the ability to do something special to really boss it. And isn't, isn't that demonstrably untrue, though, with I mean, Jorginho played in the Villa game and he you know we we came back yeah fine and we won that okay fine yeah he 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 produced a moment of magic there right and that was great and it's fantastic but nine times out of ten when you're chasing a game who do you want on the pitch do you want thomas Partey? even though he's not playing well it's probably the same conclusion that he came to with saka with the opposite decision um which is 
I've got a player there that isn't playing well, but can probably do something to win me the game. Or I can bring someone on who's more likely to give me a, a 7 out of 10. And that's what Jorginho did. He dropped a 7 out of 10. He was all right. But we needed more. And that's the problem with Thomas Partey. Is that he's so important to the way we play. That if he doesn't play well, not only do we suffer as a team, but actually the the drop-off in quality, even if Jorginho is playing well, is actually really big. And that's that's the frustration. And I don't think he played well thinking about it now at Anfield either, really. Um, and that's a bit of a concern because if we're even going to try and compete with City, we need Thomas Partey at his best. Just just on the subs as well, just one other thing. Um, two other things, or two other things actually, that were really odd. One, three, three things actually that come to mind. One is the Erdegaard substitution. The timing of that, unless he picked up an injury, was so weird because he came off, I think, on like 90 minutes just as they were about to say it's five minutes added on. And I, I was baffled by that because I thought if anyone's going to unlock their defense or anyone's going to kind of make something happen, a little moment of magic, a little kind of ball inside or, uh, you know, a ball in uh, a three ball, sorry, um, that unlocks them, it was going to be him. And obviously he brought Vieira. So that's the first thing. I just didn't really understand that. And you're giving, I think Eddie Inketia came on for him, right? And so you're giving Inketia like five minutes. I'm not really sure what you're expecting there. The other weird one was, like not weird one, sorry, but Vieira was, I thought he was terrible to be honest when he came on and it's like really, I don't know, like we're bringing him on hoping that he's going to make some massive impact on the game, but you're taking Erdegaard off. Like that just didn't, I didn't really understand that. And I feel like, yeah, Vieira's not that guy yet. He's not that guy that's going to come in and, you know, drag us to a win. He's just not that person, not that player. And the other one was what, like what the hell have we got Smith around the bench for if we're not going to bring him on? Like I didn't, I don't get it. I don't get it at all. Um, he, I just, yeah, it felt like he's the kind of, he's the level of quality and he's got, I know he's not an experienced player in terms of his age, but he's more experienced than a Reese Nelson or a Vieira. So like it felt very kind of like, let's just chuck on a bunch of attackers and see what happens or let's just change it up and see what happens without real, any real kind of, plan basically so like, was that the man united away that what happened that day when we just chuck a chuck a load yeah. of attackers on and just it's, like, and yeah i mean i think smith i would have much rather have seen smith row on for Vieira personally i think you know what you're going to get with smith i know he's not played much i know he's been injured etc and i guess he's not informed but you know if you're not going to give give him a go for with 10 minutes or for 10 minutes in this type of game then i'm not really sure what he's even on the bench for everyone else came on before him really weird yeah. so yeah i fully agree i think I don't think we discussed it last week. I don't think we discussed the subs last week in that much depth, but I think that's like the second game in a row that some of our tethered substitutions were open to criticism, let's say. I think it's a part of his game that he just needs to work on because he... I, I don't think he thinks them through properly. And it's easy to say with hindsight, right? There have been times where he has got it right. Like he bought on Reese Nelson against Bournemouth, right? And he was brilliant, won us the game. Um, but more often than not, I kind of feel like we're left scratching our heads a bit at some of these substitutions. Like taking Jesus off, if that wasn't fitness related, seems like a bad one. Oh, it's um, got to have been football, you know. Is any? Yeah, sorry. It just it just can't have been anything about that. It's, but surely, you, like, even if it's fitness related, like, surely this is a game you just push him an extra half an hour, or like an extra twenty that. minutes, and just say like, we're gonna, I don't know, put Trossard, bring Trossard on, take Saka off, and play those three up front, or even bring Trossard on for Martinelli. It's it's hard because Trossard can play everywhere. So you're thinking, well, like Trossard did a job at false nine. Previously, maybe I'll make that work and give that a go, and then, um, and then, um, yeah, he brought, the Vieira one is the real, the real weird one because, like you said, Mize, he's not really shown anything. There was that free kick that he had, and he put it in, and it was really tame. Uh, um, went, I think, he, he, yeah, yeah, he went yeah. down holding his face or something. Again, I could, yeah, see he went down, and I was like, why are you? It's a waste of time. Yeah, um, and there were a few bits where he gave the ball away, and he just looks so lightweight. I'm hoping he comes good, but he just looks so lightweight. You bring on Reese Nelson, you know, again, I think he came on very late and he didn't do much. But then the Eddie and Ketia for Odegaard at, like you said, 90 minutes. If you're going to bring Eddie on, do it 
like early. He should be one of the first players that come on in that sense. Um, I guess he's just come back from injury. It's just one of the factors, but I just didn't understand Erdegaard going off personally. Yeah, I agree. I think, and yeah, I think that's so good to go back to my question earlier on. Like the big issue for me was when we're two, two, like I think we went, went in West Ham score. I think it was just check. Let me check my phone. Let's go on the 54th minute. Right. So either way, let's just say it was nil, nil on the 54th minute. And then that performance that we dropped would have been like massively unacceptable in that sense. If we were chasing game, chasing a title, the way we played in that last 30 odd minutes was just awful. And the subs, I think, contributed to that as well. So I think you look at that and you, you do have to blame the manager a bit for some of that and, and an element of that. Yeah. It's hard to argue with any of that because you think that at this point in the season, he should know his squad inside out, you know, and therefore know exactly who he needs to bring in in these situations. And we've been through these situations a couple of times now, but it really didn't feel like that. The Smith Rowe, just going back to the Smith Rowe comments that you guys were making, you know, I don't know, if, you might, you wouldn't have seen it, but before the game, they did a, um, uh, it, was quite, it was quite a nice piece actually on Sky where in 2019, they did a kind of interview with, uh, Saka and Smith Rowe and Nelson basically and, and I think Joe Willock was there at the time and and they, they interviewed them and they basically tried to interview the same group now but basically yeah. without obviously without Willock but um, I think Eddie was in this interview and Eddie wasn't in the previous one because he must have been on loan at Leeds I think at the time and it was really it was it was a really nice interview but there was like a point where the, they Smith Rowe basically referred to it was very high it was a very high spirits interview it was very laughing very jokey but there was a point where they sort of asked Smith Rowe now how's it been for you this season been a bit tough and he and he basically looked really sad and he was basically just like yeah it's been that it's been the toughest season of my career um and looked quite you know like it meant something I know he's had injuries but I imagine that the injuries um plus Maybe I don't know whether it's a you know he's fallen out of favour with the manager slightly or he's struggling to do what the manager wants from him, but there's something that isn't quite connecting between him and Arteta right now, right? And it's it's kind of sad to see. Um, I too was really confused at him not coming on. Um, the the Vieira thing I think is interesting because I wonder how much of that is maybe you know he was really an Arteta signing and Arteta really feels like no you know I want to show that I've got this one right I, I don't know if there's an element of that um, because I, I I agree with you that he hasn't done so much to really prove or warrant you know his I guess the, the faith that we place in him sometimes to change some of these games at the same time I I'm a strong believer in the fact that when the when the first team isn't playing very well, you need to change it up and you have to give players opportunities. I get that, but this is the like the, the the second or third time I've seen Vieira come in and and it's like that cross at the end, which I think one of you referred to, which was really um, it, it was really annoying because it was just this floated little kind of dolly of a cross, and I, and I was like, mate, that's clearly not what this situation calls for. Mm. Uh, you know, it's a what you got one opportunity here um so that that's disappointing but okay look you said it at the beginning Aaron I think you know maybe we should kind of cycle back this point we have been sort of blessed with this season where we've been almost flawless almost because even the games that we've dropped points there's ways in which you could point to it and just say you know Oh, that we're unlucky because of this we're unlucky because of that maybe the only other banter performance I actually forgot about this one but Everton away was yeah. uh, another banter performance I suppose but you know aside from that Everton away there's been you know, the Man United away we got screwed over by the ref the refs even apologised afterwards Brentford a ref literally got sacked for that do you know what I mean like there have been real like, you know, Man City yeah Man City deserved to win that game and whatever this was tough but you know Teams have this. Teams that win the title still have one or two of these games. It's just that we've got this like absolute behemoth that are chasing us, right? Um, and is that ultimately what it comes down to? Is that what makes this so difficult? So, I mean, Aaron, from your perspective, how do you feel we're set up now? Um, this obviously is not something that we expect. We didn't expect to drop points here, but the table effectively says that. Um, city are within touching distance you know it feels like um 
City have got, I think, what's it? It's four points, I think, is that gap. Is that right? And um, and uh, if City uh, uh, win their game in hand, obviously it would be equal. And if they draw or, or if they beat beat us when they play us, it means that they would pip us. We do have the opportunity to take a, you know another three-point clearance uh, when we play Southampton on Friday because City don't play this weekend. But how do you feel overall, Aaron? And is this a huge hammer blow to our title prospects for you? Uh, no, no, not really. It's obviously not ideal. I think it all comes down to, like you said, the city factor. I think if we were competing against a Liverpool or a Man United and, you know, who are, let's say, normal football teams, this would be a a draw where like a normal football team, like a top team, like sometimes drops points, especially in away games. And we we dropped some points today. The problem is City have set a level that is so, so hard for any normal football team to achieve that you have to be, you have to have literally everything go right for you. Or City have to be, play like a normal football team, behave like a normal football team for you to compete. And that's that's the issue that we're, we're probably going to get a record points total, like something higher than we've ever gotten in the last 20, 20 years or so. Like I remember someone saying that we could probably get more points than the Invincibles got and, and come second because we are having an absolutely phenomenal season. The problem is, you know, City could w- literally win every single game 3-0 from now until the end of the season and finish on 96, 97 points. And if they do that, then you... You kind of just say like, okay, fine, it is what it is. Um, look, I think it goes back to what I said earlier, right? If we continue to just pick up points, pick up wins, and this is this and Anfield are the reasons we don't win the league, um, that's okay with me. That's not failure. That's just us being a top football team that sometimes drops points and a team that's up against uh, a, a super team that's funded through very suspicious means. And... But if we then, like, let's say, don't beat Southampton, we let's say we lose to Brighton, we lose, we drop points to Chelsea, and we finish maybe eight, nine, ten points off, then I'll be annoyed because that is, we haven't just lost to a super team, we've lost to, we haven't been, we haven't finished good enough. So let, let's see where this. Is. This is the start of like a, a trend, and that's a concern. But if we carry on and we just do our bit and we still don't win it, then there's no shame in that. I don't think. Might you feel the same way? Yeah, I think Aaron has put it put it really well um, in terms of what what City are and the level that they operate at every season under Pep. Um, and it's very very hard for any team not not just the Arsenal team this season, the previous Liverpool teams of you know the last few years. It's been almost impossible. Well, it's obviously not been almost impossible, but it's been very very difficult for the for anyone to get near them. So I completely agree, man. I completely agree. I think. It it's going to be so like even, uh, despite saying all of that, and I agree with it, it it is still going to be extremely disappointing if we don't win the league. Now, I've never once said that I think we'll win it, or should I say, I've never really thought, right, truly believed that we were going to go on and win the league. But when you're top the entire season, pretty much, I think we have been top the entire season, and then if we end up not winning it, with three, four, five games to go, whatever, like that's when a city might overtake us. That's going to be really, it's going to just be like heartbreaking more than anything, because it's not even that I allowed myself to believe that it could happen. It's just more the fact that, yeah, like Aaron has said, we've just done so well and we've done so many good things this season, you know, so many great games, so many great performances, players playing at eight, nine, 10 out of 10 levels the entire season. Um, and still might just not be enough, but it is what it is, man. Like that's, that's who we're up against. And yeah, I, I guess the fantastic thing is despite the result today, it's still in our hands and we have a difficult run, but you know, like I don't think any of the team, obviously city away is the one that is the key game, but of all the other games that we have, of course, like St. James's park is going to be difficult. Brighton's going to be difficult. Um, but you know, like it, it, that's just that's you know that's just that's just a running, isn't it? That's just like if you if you're going to win the league, you've got to, we're going to have to 
probably win all of those games. If not, maybe maybe we'll be able to drop points in one more game or something, you know, depending on what City do. So, um, yeah, like I said, the good thing is it's still in our hands and it's just going to, I think it's going to come down. To, no, I don't want to say it's going to come down to the game that Etihad next week, but imagine we go there and win. Yeah, and I know that's like dreamland stuff, but imagine we go there and win, which this team are capable of doing because it's 90 minutes at the end of the day, as good as City are, and as even though they've beaten us twice this season and all the rest of it, we I don't think I don't think there's I don't think there's many Arsenal fans that think we will go there and win, but we're definitely capable of doing it. So you know, you just gonna have to see what happens, man. We've got we've got to beat Southampton first. That's that's it. Just gotta beat Southampton and then let's see what condition we're in when we go to Etihad, see if Saliva's back, which would be a massive, massive boost. Sinchenko's back, hopefully. Um, and yeah, mate, that could be one of those nights where title, title defining. I think you both put it pretty well. But I will go back to a, a you, you mentioned that you've never you never said that you think that we're going to win the league. You did, you did do a WhatsApp poll in our group. <laughs> Was it after the Liverpool game with the question, will we win the league? Oh, did I? And, I can't remember now, mate. <laughs> and your answer was, yes. After we, after, uh, yeah. Probably straight after the game. <laughs> but you know yeah. what I mean, right? Like I've never, it, it, I've never allowed myself to really truly believe like that it's going to happen because yeah, ev- everyone's been saying it, right? The C- City, once they get going, it's just a machine, man. Like it's mental. And yeah, I mean, if we can, if we, if we win the league this season, it will be, ridiculous to be honest of course yeah it will be mental so i think yeah. to go one step further i think the only way we win the league is if city throw it away in the sense that they are very capable you look at their fixtures right they are very capable of winning every single game right and the question is where are they not going to win like what are they going to do to stop it, I think they're their favourites. I think they have been favourites for a while because they've just they've got a guy who's scoring like fifteen goals every game, right? Like yeah. it's they're an insane team. They take him off, they bring on like Alvarez, who's one of the best players of the World Cup, and they they've got De Bruyne. They've got it's ridiculous. They've got a hundred million pound Jack Grealish on the left. It's it's insane, right? But that they are capable of doing dumb things too, like any team is, right? So we just need to need to hope that they do something dumb. And if they do, that is when I will be really gutted if we don't capitalise. Um, because then I'd say, like, they gave us a, a way in. Yeah. They gave us something in and we couldn't take it. Be that letting us win at the Etihad or even just going somewhere random and just losing completely out of the blue. It's the same thing, right? They drop, they drop three points. Um but yeah, I, th- I think the fear that every Arsenal fan has is they could literally go and win every single game between now and May, and it'll be done. But if it was if it was a level playing field, right? When when we were both just in one competition, I think that you would you would always bet, given everything that you've just said about City squad, that you know City's like you say, City's throw away. But surely those fixtures, it's still we go back to it, right? They've still got a lot of fixtures. They've still got FA Cup games, still got Champions League games, and they've still got the Brighton away fixture that hasn't been scheduled. They've got stuff. Um, I will agree, it's still scary. There's still a, squ- a scary prospect. But I am, um, I, I mean, although I'm a, I'm more pessimistic after today's game. Uh, I still think City are going to drop points. Uh, the, I, I, I think it'd just be inhuman for them not to like there are some teams that they're going to be playing even though they look like okay fixtures but there's some of these teams that are going to be playing for their for their for their lives because they're fighting for stuff and um and so i do think they will drop points i just after today's result i just um i worry about some of our bankable games you know i think uh, that depends on saliba if saliba's back then we'll probably be okay in those games but if he's not then yeah we've got a big problem there too you're going to say something nice. I mean, was, yeah, I was just going to say, so after the game today, like literally on the final whistle, obviously, you know, the, 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 the minutes are kind of ticking on and, you know, your hopes like diminishing um, and final whistle goes. And there were a couple of fans actually quite surprised to be honest, but obviously it's just reaction at the time and emotions are high, but a lot of fans that were like, I heard them like just walking out and stuff saying, yeah, that's it. It's done. 
like we're not we're, no no chance no chance now we're going to win the league they basically wrote wrote us off after getting a point i say getting a point after dropping two points today um and that's the overreaction that we just don't need like that that is a uh, yeah there's still so many get i say so many games there's still a lot of games to play um and like you said raj i don't i can see city dropping points at least one game because even when you look at their record over like the last what five five seasons or so they haven't they haven't like the last eight games of the season eight nine ten games then they've not been perfect they've no. dropped points every season so there's hope there from that perspective and i think mate honestly i think next week wednesday night etihad like who knows what's going to happen who knows what's going to happen if we go there and don't lose like let's assume we beat south okay i shouldn't assume it but okay we beat southampton so i think that's seven they'll put a seven clear they'll have two games in hand and five games to go for us i think oh no six games to go for us and then we go to city if we don't lose that keeps it a seven points seven point gap with five games to go even even if they've got two games in hand they've got to win those two games to close it down to a point assuming my maths is correct um you know and then they've got to still go you know then they they're relying on us or waiting for us to drop points in another in another game so I don't know, man. I just think there's still probably a couple more twists. I'm not saying again. I'm not saying we're necessarily going to win it, but it's not a foregone conclusion that City are now going to just, you know, um, go and win every game three 0 and it's done. So, yeah, I mean, when you put it like that, even if we lose, let's say we beat Southampton, if we lose, it's they're four points behind. They'll be four points behind with two games in hand, right? Yeah, 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 and that's not. It's not the worst. Like it's it's obviously in their favour. They've got the, it's in their hands, obviously. But like you said, they've still got to go. And then maybe actually that might suit us because the pressure will be on them for a change because they effectively be indirectly top in that sense. And it's for them to go and get those points. And yeah, I think we've just got to like, it's not, it's absolute. like I had many annoyances after this game, but I didn't for once think this title race was done because it wasn't. Yeah. I, I agree. I, I think um, I, I the, I'm just worried about the fact that this has happened twice and what that will mean to the players. Like the and now for until Liverpool, until the Liverpool game this season, I've always felt that. You know, we were, if we were going to take the leading games, you know, all those scary, the, all the nerves I had were because of past seasons. And now I think that <laughs> I'll have nerves based on fairly good reason, you know, for the last two games to be sort of throwing this away. Uh, and that's what I'm a little bit worried about, to be honest. Like, I, 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 I still think, I don't think the league's over at all. I, I, f- I feel like we just need to get a couple of wins under our belt. And the annoying thing is, Okay, touch would we beat Southampton? We obviously have to beat Southampton, but it would have been really, been really nice to play another more bankable team after Southampton, so we can just get a little bit of momentum. Um, but then you know, uh, who knows, man? Like, I, I, it's, Chelsea are it, as bankable it's, as they come these days, right? <laughs> uh, yeah, 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 yeah. I guess. Um, okay, look, why don't we give predictions for the Southampton game? Um, Aaron, I'll go to you first. I think we'll win 2 0. Okay. Nice. Straightforward. Um, well, 2 0 is never straightforward, is it, mate? But <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, I mean, your prediction was very uh, just a score. That's it. Um, yeah. I'm tempted to predict a loss just because I predicted what? I think we all predicted <laughs> wins. No, no, right. because we all predicted wins today and that didn't happen. So um, if uh, we lose to Southampton, then it will be done. Like, oh yeah, mate. you can't. Like, even if we drop points to Southampton, yeah, 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 exactly. It's ridiculous. Like, yeah, yeah mate, we don't deserve. Not we don't deserve to win it, but yeah, you can't afford to do that. Um, yeah. Oh, they're awful, aren't they? They are awful. I can't. <laughs> oh, it's, it's, you can't. You can't right. ask for a better game to nah, get. Yeah, exactly. And before I know, City are not playing, but you know, kick the weekend off, get the win under the belt. Yeah, I'm. I'm, I'm going for a win. I'm just thinking of what scoreline to be honest. I'll go. God, we're conceding goals every game, so I'm tempted to say three one again, which is what I predicted for today, but yeah, I'm going to go three one. Um, but yeah, I just made a win three points. I don't really care to be honest. Three points and no injuries would be lovely. That's all we need. Yeah. I, you know, I honestly, in, I was actually going to go four five nil. I'm going to, but I'm, I'm going to, um, I, th- I think it's going to be one of those games where, uh, 
if we score early, I think we'll win 5-1. Like, I think we'll absolutely batter them because I think the guys will kind of be really wanting to just get the spirits up. I think the fans will help. If we don't score early, I'm worried the fans will be a little bit, you know, anxious and then that'll rub off and then, you know, there's that. Uh, but it's quite nice. It's a Friday night. The fans will be in good spirits. Like, you know, literally have a lot of spirits in them. Like, you know, they, they will, <laughs> will just be um, really, really going for it. So maybe that will help. But um, I'm, I'm there for, I'm going to, yeah, I'm going to go for it. I'm going to go 5-1. Nice. Fingers crossed. That'll be nice. Yeah. Um, I mean, Russ is making a very good point and he's made some good comments today. Russ in the comments saying we scored early twice today and still couldn't push on. Very frustrating. I mean, that, that, that's true. Like, you know, I, I'm, I mean, I don't know. I, I don't know what to say. Russ. I, I think my feeling is that if we do, if that happens again, if we, if we do it again, and if we go score a couple of goals early again, and we throw it away, I, mean, I, can't, I can't bring myself to even think about that, let alone at home to Southampton. So uh, yeah, okay, we didn't can't. beat him. We didn't beat him earlier in the season, did we? We didn't. We didn't beat Which him. looks like a fucking ridiculous number, a couple of points dropped now, but yeah, in hindsight, but all right. Um, Okay, boys. Listen, um, I feel better already. I felt this; it did actually ruin my Sunday. After I had like had such a beautiful weekend, actually, and um, and this did 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 ruin it. This result, but you know, this this conversation made me feel a little bit better. Um, really looking forward to meeting up with you guys on Friday night and hopefully having some drinks after a win. Um, but yeah, yeah, and nice uh, yeah, nice one. So, cheers, boys. Thank you, everyone in the comments. Russ, thank you very much. Um, really appreciate the comments. Thanks, Jana, as well. And uh, yeah, great. And talk to you guys on. Um, I don't know when we record next, but at some point over the uh, over the next weekend, hopefully reflecting on a win. Thanks, everyone. Uh, have a good night. Yeah. See ya. Bye. See ya.